Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. coming at you here on Friday afternoon after Los Angeles Clippers win two of three in those three big games on the road trip. Brandon Marcus, your host on X at BD Marcus at Matt Matawarren is my co-host at Matt Matawarren on X. Matt, how are you, my friend? Sports, ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. We wanted two out of three. I'm recording here from the office. If there's a little bit of an echo or some of my office mates screaming because working right before the holiday weekend is so terrible i apologize but i'm doing okay that's great listen dedication we wanted to make sure we got a pod out we talked about getting one out hopefully before this game against boston which is tomorrow afternoon at 12 30 so not a whole lot of time to get into it but we'll try and make this one about 30 minutes or so don't want to do it too long so you got time to listen to it before the game tomorrow although of course you can listen to it afterwards as well and it'll still ring true what we're going to say so matt We talked about this three-game road trip, three games against good teams at Indiana, at Dallas, and then at OKC, and we mentioned on the last podcast, because you talked about it, you said OKC is going to have the rest advantage, because they play on Monday, and of course the Clippers have that back-to-back, and of course we had some other things that popped up, illness, injury, that played a role in the last couple of games, Um, but overall, how are you feeling going into this game against Boston, knowing the Clippers won two of three, dominated Indiana? James Harden had that insane quarter. Then, of course, you go to that game against Dallas where there was no PG because of illness, and then Kawhi gets hurt at the end of the game. He sits out yesterday's game. The Clippers lose in what really is a schedule loss against a very good OKC team. Curious how you're feeling right now going into that game tomorrow afternoon. I'm I'm incredibly optimistic. I mean, you know, afternoon games are always the bugaboo for the Clippers, but I will say they they didn't look terrible in the game against OKC that they lost. And like you said, kind of a schedule loss, especially with Kawhi sitting it out. But the way that they won those first two games, the one against Indiana, I mean, you score 151 points. That's insane. And then you 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 weather a storm against Dallas and and beat them at home is huge. And if you look at the if you look at the records the Clippers are just right there in the mix right now. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they they if you look at the plus minus, it's terrible. But they, they didn't play that bad against OKC. OKC played great on rest um, as, as one of the premier teams in the Western Conference, along with the Clippers. And I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty optimistic going into this Boston game. Now Boston kind of showed their teeth 
uh, playing against playing in Sacramento and kind of killing them without Jason Tatum, uh, who some would say is an MVP candidate. I might argue that Kawhi Leonard is the better MVP candidate. Maybe that's something we should talk about. The Tim Bonteps straw poll came out, and uh, there's a notable clipper missing from that entire list. But I'm feeling really good going into this Boston game. Yeah, I mean, let's let's quickly point out that a nine-game winning streak is fantastic. I mean, uh, hats off to the Clippers. Winning nine games in a row is an incredible accomplishment, and for the Clippers to do that is outstanding. And then another hat tip to Kawhi Leonard for playing 27 straight games before sitting out yesterday's ball game, and he probably would have played if it wasn't for that um, hip contusion, I believe is what they're calling it. It's day-to-day. I'd be very surprised if he uh, sits out in the game against Boston. I really think that's just one of those back-to-back games. You're playing in a really tough three-game and four-day stretch. You have a big game against Boston on Saturday. I think this is more of just give him a chance to rest. If PG wouldn't have played, I think that Kawhi probably would have tried to go. But because PG was playing, I think it made sense to rest Kawhi. And again, that's why you bring in James Harden. So you still have two stars. Uh, so yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm really optimistic about where the Clippers are right now. You're still only two games back of the two seed in OKC. Obviously, losing against OKC is not ideal because that's a big swing. I mean, the Clippers would only be one game back of OKC. Had you won that game, you'd be sitting at 18 and 10, and OKC would be at 17 and 9. So you'd only be one game back of them and be in pretty good shape. However, you lost that game. You got two more games later this season, I believe, against OKC. But you won a big game. Let's start with that one against Dallas where it was a decider of the season series, and the Clippers won that one and did so 120-111. We're starting in the middle here because of the importance of the ball game, where the Clippers get another outstanding performance from Kawhi Leonard, where he didn't really go nuts from three, but at the end of that game, man, he was just getting whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. It was one of the more impressive displays that I Mm -hmm. had seen from Kawhi this season, and it kind of goes to where you're talking about the MVP conversation. And, I mean, it, the ability for Kawhi to look like that, he certainly does look like an MVP. I mean, he had a couple huge buckets late after the Clippers were running their offense a lot through Harden and Mann, where Mann was getting the ball at the free throw line. And he was kind of afraid to turn and attack the basket, where I think it would have been more beneficial if he did that. Instead, he was passing, passing right back out to the perimeter and doing so really quickly, which was odd. But uh, Kawhi gets 10 points in that fourth quarter, four of six, all four shots at the rim, which I think is even more impressive considering that this is not that late game, let's settle for a jumper type of thing. I mean, Kawhi was attacking the hoop and putting the defense on skates. So it was a dominant performance in the paint, outscored Dallas 20 to six in the paint in the fourth quarter. And it really just shows you how the Clippers didn't settle for jumpers and they were able to attack the hoop and they know what they need to do to get the win. So that performance by Kawhi was certainly MVP level, Matt. So right there with you and thinking that he deserves to be there because that performance alone just says that, hey, he's the guy and showed what he's able to do and he's back at that MVP level. And you and you talked about the records. Totally agree. I think he either scored or assisted on the last 16 points that the Clippers scored in that game. And it was it was definitely in the balance and one thing about Kawhi is, and, and the Clippers' percentages were pretty good even in that loss to the Thunder, but you talk about taking on your best player's personality. And they always say that about, like, let's say the MVP um, in in Jokic, right? Like, everybody is unselfish when he plays or every, whatever the case may be. 
the efficiency, and I know you can't take on efficiency just from somebody's personality, but maybe you can because this 50, 40-ish, 90-ish club that, that I've been talking about for a while now, I mean, that stems from Kawhi. And the def- the defense when he's in the mix too is just it's it's uncanny because he'll he'll come out of nowhere and contest or help or at least point out what somebody is supposed to do. And we talked about the records. Like I said, it's it's not just from the beginning. Like I know how amazing Embiid has been, and he's probably the front runner for MVP. But well, Jokic probably is. You think Jokic is the front runner? Yeah, I mean Embiid's been great, but I think probably Jokic. But yeah, it's, it's close. It's really close. After, after the fifty-one against uh, against Minnesota, yeah, it's close. I think. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I mean, Denver sitting right now in third place, and Philadelphia sitting in third. So, I well, mean, we can say that the top two. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Yeah, I think SGA honestly should be up there ahead of the two of those guys right now because without SGA, they're certainly not sitting at eighteen and eight. Can I give you the top 12 in the uh, Bonteb straw poll? Yeah, let's do that really quick, and then we'll go back to the Dallas game. Okay, I'll give you them in order. Joel Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Shea, Luka, Tatum at six, Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, tied for eight with Durant. Then at 10 is LeBron, 11 De'Aaron Fox, and rounding out at 12, believe it or not, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I mean, LeBron and Gobert had a Kawhi a joke. I mean, an absolute joke. The Lakers are sitting at basically 500 right now. They're one game more 500. And the Rockets, I mean, and sorry, the Timberwolves, obviously Gobert's had a decent season, but not MVP like Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi has been absolutely out of his mind. Um, and to win nine games in a row, yeah, that's stupid. Nine games in a row on, and it completely on the back of Kawhi. Of course, Harden has played great. Paul George has missed a couple of those, and you can – you can talk about the rest of the team, but I do, I really do think that the, there's no talk. I mean, zero about Kawhi Leonard's and not, not his MVP candidacy. Like he should be the leader, but you know, as he should be in the mix, like he should be talked about, get some votes. Like these, these are all one through five place votes in the straw poll. So zero fifth place votes for Kawhi seems a little strange to me, but darn, he's played well. And I, and I, I agree. It it just made sense for him to sit. And this game against Boston, I I imagine he'll play. I imagine Paul George will play, and uh, it'll be a real test. But I I I do think the Clippers, despite the loss, take a lot of momentum into this afternoon game tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you look at that Dallas game. Um, the Clippers were up twenty two in that game. I mean, they just really did not close the second and third quarters well. Um, and you look at what they did. I mean, they had too many turnovers. They struggled from three and still were able to come out with a win because of Kawhi. Um, and you look at what Dallas did. They adjusted, obviously. They went with Hardaway Jr. over Dwight Powell for the second half, and it worked because Tim Hardaway Jr., I think, started one of nine, and then he got really hot in that ball game. Um, so the Clippers were able to get the win, obviously, because of Kawhi and what he did. But I do want to point out, um, in addition to Kawhi, the two guys that really stood out for me, Norm, I mean, he was a guy that was questionable coming in. I was very surprised that he played because the illness thing has been sweeping around the nation. I tweeted about it um, a couple of days ago. And I, as I get this, um, as I'm texting, or rather, as I am talking, I get a text from Underdog that Wiggins is now questionable because of illness. Like, it, it's really hitting every single team. And Powell said, yeah, it hit me hard, but I'm going to go out and gut it. I'm going to gut through it and play. And he did. And all he did was get 21 points. 
and be a plus 16 in that game that the Clippers won by nine. So again, we talked about Norm and how he's basically indispensable last podcast and how important he is to this team and how he's probably the one guy you really cannot replace in that bench unit, and he showed it again. So I, I wanted to give a mention out to your boy Norm. Norm! He's been unbelievable. Just as that spark off the bench, and I didn't realize his... I don't know if... I, I would love to look it up, but I mean, his three-point acumen, mm-hmm. you know, uh, four in, in, in the loss, in the loss to the... Uh, in the, to the Thunder, but then three of six. So four of eight, 50%, three of six, 50% against the Mavericks. Then you look back to the, and I'm going to scroll down here, pardon me, but he hit four of six three-pointers against the Pacers. I mean, he's just been a dynamo from behind the, behind the arc, which you never really thought of him like that. I, I always thought of him as somebody who can move off the ball, can handle if he needed to, and then especially could draw fouls. But he's been great from be, beyond the arc, so... One of those efficiency guys that is that is going to really be important and is, is really indispensable to this team. In the month of December, shooting 44% from three. In the month of November, he shot 48% from three. And the volume has been much higher this month, about one and a half more threes per game that he's attempting. So makes sense. Higher volume of shots, probably more likely you're going to miss a couple. And that's what's happened. But still shooting 44% from three, which is damn near Luke Kennard numbers from when we were talking about how important Luke was to this team was with his ability to shoot the three ball. So monster, um, obviously a couple of months here for Norm Powell and what he has done has been impressive. And the other guy has been Russ. Um, he missed some open shots and Dallas certainly left him open at times, which wasn't helpful. Um, but that being said, I think he was a plus 18 in the first three quarters, um, had really good energy. His ability to rebound for a guard continues to be really impressive. Um, and I think he and Harden were a plus 16 in 14 minutes, according to Justin Russo at Fly By Night. So we had a whole podcast where we talked about how will the Clippers do with James Harden and Russell Westbrook when a guy like Kawhi or PG sits, because you may need to have those two dudes play a little bit longer together because the other guys can have to sit and uh, the other stars can have to sit. And to go a plus 16 in 14 minutes shows you that not only are the Clippers continuing to improve and getting their starting lineup better and better and better and getting more comfortable together and getting hard more comfortable but now you're getting Harden and Westbrook more comfortable and if you can do that then it makes the team even more dangerous because one of your weak points is now becoming less so of a weak point and becoming more of a strong point and having Harden and Westbrook figure out how the two work together so that's a really big takeaway from that game for me is that those two now are starting to figure out how to work together Matt and I I don't want to be a a vampire here, but I'm a little bit more dubious on the two of them on the floor together for long periods of time. That's fair. If it's not necessary, because come playoff time, you have to hope everybody is healthy. And yes, in the regular season, it, it is awesome if, if if that can be figured out. But I don't want that to be something that the Clippers have to rely on, because yes, it's been better lately, but the if you look at the, the, it doesn't stand the test of time. I, I, I'm not so convinced that that has really resolved itself or will, especially in big moments, uh, and especially in clutch moments and in moments where the ball needs to move, the ball can't stick, and that there needs to be smart shots, passes, and especially defensive, um, defensive moves. So I, I, I 
while I do like what I what we saw recently, I'm not so much convinced. Understandable, but the fact that it's not a major weak point is certainly a positive. I know that uh, one of our buddies, Trent, who continues to uh, chat with us on X, we talked about the lineups with Russ and with Harden and talked about the numbers just didn't look good. And I said, well, look, you saw one game where it looked good. And he said, well, one game sample size versus the rest of the season, which, listen, both you guys are right. Like, it's more of a prove it type of thing. But the fact that there is improvement there, I think, is the main thing for me. The fact that it's not a huge weakness in the last couple of games I want to look at it as there has been improvement. Now, listen, it's possible that it's not going to work. And for long stretches, it's a really bad idea because, like you said, the the two guys have the ball in their hands a lot, and it doesn't really move a ton when they have the ball in their hands. But if you're able to get other guys around them that works, I mean, the lineup with Powell, Harden, and Russ actually seem to do okay, then that's obviously a positive sign. And you'll, you'll bring in other guys, and you'll figure out how it works. But those two guys working better together is certainly a positive sign. Now, Let's see a quick break, and then we'll talk about the other two games. All right, so let's quickly go back to that game against Indiana because that was a James Harden masterpiece. I mean, what that guy did in a single quarter, just going absolutely bonkers. He finishes 12 of 16, 8 of 11 from 3, 35 points, as he scored 18 straight in the fourth quarter. We have praised Harden on this podcast. We have done so at length. We talked about how you need to get James Harden because of what he does to raise your regular season ceiling. And what he could do in the postseason, obviously, has been questioned. But the fact that he has been this good, this fast for the Clippers, and what he has raised the Clippers' floor and ceiling to... That game, man, was just a single dude masterpiece. Of course, you had PG and Kawhi, who were great. The two combined 55, and Kawhi was 12 of 18. I mean, it's again, Kawhi is Kawhi. But what Harden did, along with the nine assists and Zoo going 18.16 rebounds, shows you how those two are working together because there were a lot of lobs there. James Harden, man, just absolutely spectacular. Curious to get your thoughts on him. He was absolutely amazing, and just before we go into his performance. If you ever, Brandon, want to start a solo podcast or have a comedy special called Solo Dude Masterpiece, I will definitely watch. I'll subscribe. I I love the title. But he was unbelievable, especially in that fourth quarter, but just throughout the game. And I think one thing you're alluding to is how well he's fit in and how quickly he's fit in. And and, And that is the thing that Harden doesn't get a lot of credit for. And it's been talked about on a lot of podcasts, how he's he and Zoo and Tice have stayed out. It's before practice, after practice, and really sort of got a rhythm going. And I think that rhythm is really what you're seeing vibrate through that nine-game win streak and just the Clippers' vibes um, in general. Because if you look at Harden, of course, he had 35 points. He had eight three-pointers. He, he snow-angeled. He, the, the whole thing was insane. But then look at Zoo with 18 and 16. And a lot of that has to do with Harden, with him and Harden really hooking up. Now, we all we said at the beginning, Zubach looked a little lost, and Harden took it upon himself. Let's stay after practice and really get our rhythm going. And I think not only his on-court play, but that off-court stuff, the work that Harden is, put, is putting in is something that I know I didn't expect. Um, and it's, it's, it's a pleasant surprise, and I think it speaks to... 
or, or, or it, it contributes to how quickly he's fit in with the guys and how much everybody's just cheering for him to succeed and he's cheering for everybody else to succeed. You saw so much emotion from him yelling into the camera, you know, uh, if I could grow a beard like that, maybe I would, hmm. you know, that'd be my Christmas card or something like that or my, you know, my Hanukkah card, which has already passed. But I would say that I think the off work or the off the court work is is really almost as important as the on-court work, well, just because it blends into one another. Yeah, it's really smart of you to bring that up because there was a there were a lot of doubters initially because they thought he's not going to fit in, he's not going to buy in, he's not going to, he wants to be the guy. Um, but very similar to what Westbrook did. I mean, Westbrook bought in and he wanted to win. I think we're seeing the same thing here where Harden and his teammates seem to be really comfortable with each other and Harden's buying in and it took a little while for him to figure out his role and what made the most sense and how he and Zoo could be on the same page. Because, like you said, this, the chemistry there has been spectacular. And there are people that wanted Zoo's head after the first couple of games after that trade. But Zoo has been outstanding since. Harden has been outstanding since. And so the two guys working together, obviously a deadly duo alongside PG and Kawhi. And then you figure out whoever that fifth guy is going to be, whether it be Man or Powell, whoever. And so Harden buying in and showing that he really seems like he wants to win. And there obviously has been stuff in the past where he showed it and then the wheels have fallen off. But uh, I'm more optimistic that this is going to work because it feels like these guys want to play together um, and enjoy being together. Whereas I'm not sure really Kyrie and Harden wanted to play together and that you look at where Harden was in Houston and he and Chris Paul, Chris Paul can rub people the wrong way. I think that it just works out really well, and it feels like Kawhi and PG have a lot of confidence in Harden, which I think is a very important underrated aspect of this, where they trust that Harden's going to succeed because of his previous experience and what he has done as the alpha dog and been so good. So I think the trust between the three of them is there, and in order to have that trust, it takes a lot of previous seeing what each other has done, and then you have that trust, it certainly raises your level another couple of levels. And I think that's been important to see as well. Absolutely. And I think Ty Lue as a player's coach, as a guy who's coached LeBron to a title, just to have the ear of these guys and to and to sort of command, I don't want to say the command, their respect, but to be able to set a, a hierarchy, so to speak, like Kawhi is our best guy, and then we're going to move on from there. And this is the style we want to play. And just to have the ear and to have people to have the locker room, right? Because like, you know, you know, once you lose a locker room, it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monty Williams may have done that already oh, yeah. uh, in the first in the first year of a very very large contract. But I have the feeling, and I just have the feeling Ty Lue has these guys listening, appreciating, and sort of playing. And being very malleable because Ty Lue obviously started uh, this whole experiment with Russell and Harden in the starting lineup and say, look, man, we if I'm able to change, you guys got to change with me. And I think everybody's buying into it. And, a, and buy-in is a huge part of a what could be a championship run. We don't want to put those, you know, like we said, we don't put those lofty goals yet, but it very could be. And I I think the buy-in is a huge part of it. So so kudos to Harden. Kudos to, of course, Kawhi is playing like a Terminator. George, Zubats, everybody is playing well. But to Ty Lue as well, who I think has these guys just buying in and adapting to 
what this team needs to be to be a real threat. Yeah, and it just feels like this team is happy playing together. And that can change after a couple of losses. It certainly can. But to see the Snow Angel, like you mentioned, these guys are just enjoying it. And to see Kawhi's reactions, like Kawhi seems really excited and pumped up. And he gave a really long answer after that game about what it's like to play with Harden, which is very unlike Kawhi Leonard. So it seems like Harden has unlocked something in Kawhi as well. And it's no surprise that Harden's playing well. And now Kawhi is really playing well as well, because maybe it felt like there was so much stress on Kawhi and so much on his shoulders to get the job done. But now with Harden there, he's kind of more free to be himself and just go out and play basketball. And the results are certainly showing. So very impressive um, in that regard. And I mean, during that nine game winning streak, you look at James Harden, and I think he was averaging 20 points and 10 assists, according to Michael Pina, 50-45-90. So you talk about 50-40-90, 50-45-90 during that sh- uh, shooting splits during that nine-game win streak, and the Clippers were a plus 129 with him on the court and a minus 17 when he sat. So it shows you the importance of James Harden because, remember, when he first came, the plus-minus wasn't great in his favor. There was a lot of minus there. But to be a plus 129 with him on the court during that nine-game winning streak – it gives you a lot to show you how important Kawhi, uh, Harden has been to this team. And it's, I mean, you look at even Justin Russo, fly by night. So the Clippers were plus 83 in the 215 minutes that James Harden, Norm Powell, and Kawhi Leonard have played together this season. So Harden and Kawhi, obviously, those two guys love playing together. And you add in Powell, a shooter who we've obviously sung his praises a bunch on this pod. And it, it makes sense that it's working together. It really does. And I think it's the adaptability and and willingness to learn. Like if you were to call Kawhi the Terminator, he'd probably have to be then the T-1000 because now he's he can learn, right? Or he can morph into not into into what he needs to be to in order to play with somebody like Harden. And and he knows how to play with Paul George, even though they haven't played together all that much. But just it's it's an ability to learn, which is what we're talking about. With nobody got too frustrated. With the with the five six losses in a row five when Harden started playing and it just it, it's a it's a sense of professionalism to say that we can work this out it's a sense of leadership from not only Harden staying after practice but like I said from Tyler from the top and then Kawhi being like being very enthusiastic being more vocal like you said in interviews and just showing it on the court guys I'm healthy I'm gonna play like this and if if, if you guys play the way you I know you can play, there's something we can do here. Yeah, it, it just feels like everybody really is figuring out what makes the most sense and how you can work together and take the best of each other. And, I mean, Harden's just been unbelievable. And uh, I think Tom Haberstrow said that James Harden scored a season-high 26 points on 13 ISOs, which is remarkable. He's scored 40 points on 19 ISOs over the last two games, and that was three days ago. So just it's it's been remarkable, and it's fun when the Clippers are playing this well and everybody seems to know what their role is. Uh, so it's fantastic. And then, of course, a brief mention of the game last night. I don't think it's worth even getting much into because you and I have all, always talked about this on the podcast. If Kawhi Leonard's not healthy, this Clippers team, like it doesn't really matter. Be like They need Kawhi healthy in order to succeed and win games and go far and, may win, and possibly compete for the NBA title. But the one thing that really stood out for me yesterday was the Clippers went down big and OKC ended up going on that 19 to two run after the Clippers erased that 14 point lead. But the fact the Clippers erased that 14 point lead without Kawhi Leonard shows me that this team has the fight. And the fact that you have that fight 
is unbelievable and you you gotta love it man and the fact they showed that fight shows me a lot and that they're willing to just be together and, and compete no matter what no matter what's in front of them and that's a positive sign there was a sequence last night um where just the ball was moving i mean crisply between uh, on the okc thunder and it was just it from chet it went to shea i mean it went to it went to everybody and and normally or maybe last year I would have been very jealous of, of, of that and said, boy, you know, the Clippers don't do that, but they do, or they have. And I wasn't, I wasn't downtrodden. I wasn't defeated because a, the, the OKC Thunder are a very, very good team. I mean, their lineup is kind of unbelievable. If you, if you look at what they've done, I didn't think the Clippers were going to win last night because Kawhi was out, but I didn't think they couldn't, I guess, is, is the main point of that. So the, the the Clippers will be in every game they play, be it the Oklahoma City Thunder, be it the Nuggets, be it uh, Joel Embiid, M- MVP frontrunner, and Philly. I, I think this team just has a chance. In every game that they play, and if they take it as seriously and play as hard as they did last night, even though without their best player, without what I, what you and I would say is an MVP candidate, which I really do think he is, Kawhi Leonard, they're going to try and they're going to play hard, and they will have a chance in every game they play, of course, with health, as you have to say on these podcasts. Of course, yeah, and, and you got to love they showed fight. You can't really ask for much more than that, and... I mean, certainly some things that were exposed in that game, like you feel like you need a little bit more from a guy like Terrence Mann. Um, when you lose a game like that, obviously, you certainly it's easy to nitpick and certainly things uh, stand out. But in a game like that, you'd like to see a guy like T-Man step up when you need you another know, guy. I mean, obviously, Amir Coffey stepped in pretty well for PG, but in that game yesterday, um, I feel like you just want a little bit more, uh, from T man. I mean, in that game, he was two of eight, I think. So not great. Amir coffee was only four of seven and zoo just wasn't playing a ton. I mean, he only played 17 minutes. So the Clippers went small in that game cause they just had to come back. And Tyloo does do it, loves doing that. So apart from George and Harden, obviously you have Powell and Westbrook and what they can do, but just, you need other guys to step up. And so there are a little bit, a little bit of worries about man and how he's playing, but he's showed enough in the past where he's going to snap out of it. I'm not all that concerned. Um, I think can, pe- more so people will be, but, and also Tice didn't play in that first half. And then he, all of a sudden he came out in the second half and the, I think it was an eight Oh run for OKC. So PG, um, I'm sorry, not PG, uh, uh, Ty Lue tried to do something different in that second half and it just didn't really work. Can we elaborate on T-Man just a little bit in these last three games? You said you're not worried he'll snap out of it. It hasn't been great. I mean, I do think he's a a dynamo on on the defensive end and really allows the other four in Harden, Zubac, Kawhi, and George to do what they do. But are are we concerned at all with the offensive output? I mean, you know— uh, in a fi- in a hundred and fifty one point win against the Pacers, he had four points. He had he had what seven the next game against the Mavericks, and then like you said, five. Are we concerned at all, or is that is his role not to score? It's to be that sort of. I, I hate to say glue guy. Excuse me, glue guy. But is that what he's supposed to be, or are we just hoping he bounces back, gets a little more confidence in his shot? Um, doesn't always kick it out when he drives to the rim. What are we thinking? 
I think he needs to be a glue guy, but at the same time, when someone like Kawhi is out, I think he needs to contribute a little bit more offensively. I mean, going two of eight and just going one of four from three, he, I mean, he's going to be getting open looks from three with all these guys on the floor together with him. Um, and you look at his defense. I mean, three steals and one block, it's, it's what you want to see from him. You want to see him contribute defensively. But you need a little bit more from him offensively. I just think you're going to get open looks. He was a minus 31 in that game um, last night, and they lost by 21. Um, no, sorry, did that math wrong, 19. And so that means that the Clippers were plus 12 without T-Man on the floor. Uh, it's just, it's not ideal. It's not great. I mean, nobody really played well yesterday. Um, and those numbers were kind of inflated with the plus minus because of the end of the game where the, I mean, Kobe Brown was a plus one in 10 minutes and Bones Highland was a plus one in 10 minutes. So it's not really fair to look that much of the plus minus. At the same time, it was a pretty bad plus minus compared to everybody else. The next was Harden at minus 17. So yes, glue guy for sure. When you're in a lineup with Zoo and PG and Kawhi and Harden, like you're not going to get many shots. But when your name is called, you need to come through. And I feel like he has the ability to do that. We've seen that plenty of times in the past. And so in that regard, that's where you're concerned, where he's not coming through right now in some of these moments. But I think the the ability is there, which is which is good to see. And he's got a long leash. I mean, you have the entire season to, to get through this. But all you can do is just have him keep shooting and hope to get out of it. And the starting five has been so good with him. I mean, yeah. we're, let's not discount a nine-game win streak just because he didn't score that much. He is a very, very important part to this team and especially to the the starting five unit. Um, speaking of the starting five unit, let's let's go ahead and assume that we have the the full five intact tomorrow at twelve thirty noon. A tough game against Boston. What are we thinking? What are you looking for? Uh, I'm looking for the Clippers to come out with a lot of energy at the start. I think that's where they've obviously struggled at certain points. Is um, especially in those twelve o'clock games. Is the energy point? You can't fall behind early. You, I think the biggest thing is you need to defend. Uh, what Jason Tatum and what Jalen Brown provide, and then Porzingis is going to have um, obviously a, a whole flux of things you'll see from him offensively. I think he's been utilized a lot better now than he was in Dallas. Remember in Dallas, they could put a small guy on him in the corner, and he wasn't really being used. And he talked about that on JJ Reddick's podcast. So he just really wasn't used correctly, but he certainly is being used well here, and that is if he plays because he did sprain his ankle um, in that game. Um, as of now, there's no injury report for the game tomorrow, but it's possible that Porzingis doesn't play. And even then, Al Horford will come into his spot. We know what Al Horford can do. Um, so, I mean, you have Brown and Tatum who have obviously shown their great scorers, but Derek White's been unbelievable as well. And so Derek White, I think the biggest thing I'll be watching is Derek White versus James Harden because White has the ability to get really hot from three. He's t- been taking a ton of threes the last couple of games. So I think getting off to a good start is probably the first thing. And the second thing is how Harden matches up with uh, Derek White. I think that's the second thing I'll be watching. What about you? I And I agree. Derek White was my number one uh, on my whiteboard. I might put man on Derek White, to be honest with you. And um and put Harden on Drew because I don't, I don't, I don't know that Drew is that dynamic of an offensive player that Harden can't kind of sag off him a little bit. Um, of course they'll try to get switches, but I, I, I do want to see these defensive assignments. And and Derek White is is number one on my list. I I think Porzingis may uh, may pose a problem just from pulling Zoo out. I, we don't know like uh, if 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 Horford is going to play or what have you, but. That backcourt with Drew 
and but especially with Derek White is the thing I'm going to be paying most attention to. And I wouldn't be surprised if Man has a lot of time on Derek White just because of the way he's been playing lately. Yeah, that could work. That certainly could work. And you're right, Drew certainly can score, but he doesn't have that um, ability, I think, as Derek White does. So we'll see. I'll, I'll be fascinated to see that one. Um, I think the Clippers need to show that they can win a game like this. I mean, they've obviously won some good, good. Uh, they won against good teams. I mean, during that nine-game win streak, I think the combined record of those teams was above 500. And you go on a nine-game win streak, you expect to see a lot of bad teams in that uh, bunch. But that wasn't the case really for the Clippers during this nine-game win streak. They faced some really good teams during that stretch. Um, I'm not sure how many elite teams they faced during that stretch. I mean, they beat the likes of Golden State. And Utah is not very good. Portland, eh, Sacramento's good. Golden State's good at times. Indiana's been good. Dallas is okay. Um, obviously, Denver is that big one. So they've shown they can beat some teams. Like beating Denver at home, that's a really good win. And beating a team like Indiana on the road, that's a really good win. So I think Boston is your next chance to show you can have a really good win. And I think they can do it. I mean, it's a 1230 tip. The Clippers have not been good at 1230 starts. But, and again, Boston has the rest advantage over the Clippers since the Clippers played obviously Thursday night and then they have to fly back to LA and then they basically play an, a day and a half after they finish the game up against uh, OKC. So Boston has the rest advantage there being on the West Coast during this trip. So Boston has the edge there. I think it should be a really close game. Um, I think it's a game the Clippers can win. Um, will they win? I'm not sure, but I think it'll be close either way. And it's going to be, it's going to be tough because you talk about Boston's rest. Also, it's 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 Christmas weekend. A lot of people come into t- into LA for for that weekend. I don't know exactly. I, I, I'm guessing a 60-40 Clippers crowd at best, but there are going to be a lot of Boston fans at Crypto at 12:30 tomorrow. I guarantee you that. So it's not exactly going to be the home court advantage that you might that you might want. So it's just another factor to, to think about. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch no matter what. And so uh, obviously that game's on the 23rd. We'll see if we can maybe get a podcast out for you on Sunday the 24th. But if we don't, we'll get you one uh, between that Charlotte and Memphis game. Since Charlotte's that Tuesday and Memphis is that Friday. So I think happy holidays from the uh, Ethos Clippers podcast. I think that's the last thing I got to say is I hope everybody has a great Christmas while you celebrate Hanukkah. That's over with or you have a great Christmas, whatever it might be, and a happy new year as well. We'll still talk to you a couple more times, one or two before then. Uh, But yeah, happy holidays. Any final words from you, Matt? Yeah, just everybody be safe, have fun. Um, Just think about how great every, whatever great things you have in your life and whatever great things are to come. I know I've been thinking about that a lot and i just want everybody i want to thank everybody for listening i know we'll talk before the new year and maybe even right after christmas but thank you brandon thank you ethos thank you all so and until, to all a good night and to all a good night indeed so until next time he's matt and i'm brandon oh yeah wait don't forget to go and give us give us a five-star rating and get review the podcast if all those fun things and of course you can follow me on twitter x whatever at bd marcus matt matt warren is his handle as well so of course give us that five-star rating review the podcast as well happy holidays we'll talk to you after that boston game until next time go clippers go clippers
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Expectations matter. What do you expect from an SUV? Versatility? A range of sizes built to fit your life? A range of exteriors that all invite stairs? Or being able to take control of more than just the wheel? Expectations matter, but exceeding them matters more. How we get there matters. The Audi family of SUVs. Progress you can feel. If you travel, you know how to pull off a perfect getaway. You know after you enroll with your Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card, you get up to $10 back monthly on U.S. rideshare purchases with select providers, like a car to the airport. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths and where the Wi-Fi password is rarely used because you're the escape artist. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. Terms apply. Purchases must be on card. Visit go.amex slash you know. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.